0: Thank you for listening today to our podcast here at Word of Life. We're delighted that you tuned in. And I pray that while you hear us talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. I know God's got a big plan for you. We're excited to be a part of that plan. Hopefully we will see you sometime soon, maybe even this weekend. Until then, we pray you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Hey man, I don't know about you, but I was blessed by the worship just from the start. I could, I could, I don't even have to preach at this point. The worship was so good. Um, If you don't know me, my name is Brian. I am the youth pastor here at Word of Life. Two things I want to do right before I get started. Uh, First, one thing I want to do is I know uh, that while I do have a position here on staff and I am a pastor and I have a ministry here, my first ministry is not to you guys. It's not to your students. My first ministry is to my wife. My wife is here with me this morning. Come on. I love her so much, babe. I love you. You're amazing. She makes me better. I say that all the time, but every day I'm like, geez, I am such a better person because of you. Uh, Second thing I want to do, I understand very, very well that this church, I am a product of this church, that I got here, uh, me and my family moved to Mississippi when I was seven uh, and this is the church that we have been at since I was seven years old. And I know the amazing privilege it is to be at a church where the word is taught, where the word is instructed, where we live by this Bible, where we are taught things from the Bible. Uh, and I want to just honor our pastors. So could you just help me? Just put your hands together and honor Pastor Joel and Miss Pepe. I truly love them. They, they are my pastors. Like they are literally my pastors. They've been my pastors for the majority, I guess, almost all of my life. Uh, But today, as you just saw this video, we are about to start a 90-day tithe challenge. And this is gonna start next week. Uh, But today, I wanna talk about tithing. I want us to talk about tithing. And one of the things that I think happens oftentimes is maybe the reason why us as Christians, why we don't tithe, is maybe it's just because we we just don't understand it completely. And today, I just wanna take a moment to, to kind of talk about tithing in a way that I think will help us to understand why we tithe as Christians. So if you have a Bible, would you just open it up, turn to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 7. And we're going to read a, a passage of scripture here, Hebrews chapter 7, and we're going to read from verse 1 all the way to verse number 4. Hebrews chapter 7, 1 through 4, if you've got some notes, you've got a, a phone, I, I, I deal with youth all the time, so their phones are their Bibles, they don't have physical Bibles as much anymore. But if you've got a phone, open it up to your Bible app, Hebrews chapter 7, and we're going to start in verse number 1, we're going to read 1 through 4, it says, this Melchizedek was king of Salem and priest of God Most High. He met Abraham returning from the defeat of the kings and blessed him. And Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. First, the name Melchizedek, catch this, it means king of righteousness. Then also, king of Salem, it means king of peace. Melchizedek, without father or mother, without genealogy, without beginning of days or end of life, resembling the Son of God, he remains a priest forever. Verse number four, just think how great he was. Even the patriarch Abraham gave him a tenth Of the plunder. That verse number four, I want to read it in the Amplified because I think it just gives a really cool context to it. It says, Hebrews chapter four, Hebrews chapter seven, verse four in the Amplified Now pause and consider how great this man was to whom Abraham the patriarch gave a tenth of the spoils. Today I want to just preach from a concept, maybe a title today Pause and Consider. Pause and consider. Would you just pray with me this morning? Come on, let's invite the Holy Spirit to help us today. God, uh, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Today, I ask for your help in communicating your word. I pray that you would fill my mouth with your words so that we would all be blessed by you and by what you want to say to us. Holy Spirit, we invite you in and we open up our hearts and every area and every aspect of our lives to you, to hear from you and to receive from you because it is you that we need. So, Father, we love you. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. And everybody sit. amen, amen. amen. Uh, this, this, this phrase, pause and consider. Pause and Consider pause. Have you noticed it's really been hard in life to pause sometimes? Have you ever realized that? Like, it's really hard to pause. Have you ever had a child that is on the video game? It's like, put the game on, pause, <laughs> right? Like, uh, it's interesting how oftentimes in our lives it's challenging for us to pause. But I think this morning God would want us to say, hey, if you can just pause for just a second, if you can just pause for just a moment and consider something, I think that it'll open up our hearts and our understanding of tithing in a new way. See, this, 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 uh, the writer of Hebrews, he says, Hey, pause and consider how great this guy Melchizedek was. Now, it doesn't make a lot of sense to pause and consider how great he was if you know nothing about him. Like, it's really hard to pause and consider his life if you know nothing about his life. So I think we've got to start with his life. See, back in the book of Genesis, at the beginning of the Bible, if you've got a Bible, go ahead and open it up. Genesis 14. I want us to look at something here. Genesis chapter 14. We, we see this man, Melchizedek, he first steps on the scene in Genesis chapter 14. And it's interesting, what happens in the beginning of Genesis chapter 14 is we see that there's this battle that goes on. There's this battle, this war between nine kings. There's four kings and their kingdoms, and they go and attack these other five kings and five kingdoms. And these four kings, they join together and they go out and they defeat all five kingdoms. And you can imagine these four kings are very excited and their kingdoms are very excited because they have just conquered five other kingdoms. And in this time, when you conquered a kingdom, what that meant is you took everything from that kingdom and it now became yours. You took the plunder, you took the spoils, you took all of their food, you took all of their gold, you took everything from them, and it now becomes yours. And not only did you just take things from them, you actually took their people. Like you took and enslaved their people, and now they became in bondage under you and your kingdom. And you can imagine, like, this was a big deal for these four kings. They go out and they conquer these five kingdoms, and it seems like everything is great. Like, it seems like they have just did an ama- they have just done an amazing thing, but there's one small problem. Like, there's just one small problem with what they did. <laughs> is they, they didn't realize, they didn't know, that among these five kingdoms, there was this one guy Who was a part of one of those kingdoms. And his name was Lot. Now, if you know anything about Bible history, maybe you have heard that name Lot before. See, Lot, he is the nephew of this guy who I imagine you've heard if you've been around church for any length of time, this guy named Abraham. And Lot is Abraham's nephew. And and while these four kings are having an amazing time knowing they have just conquered these five kings, conquered these five kingdoms, there's one small problem. When they were conquering these kingdoms, they actually took Lot. Abraham's nephew took Lot and his family into bondage. And when Abraham hears about this, (laughs) Abraham says, no, 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 no. nobody's messing with my family i find it so interesting that abraham he gathers all of his men together abraham's got 318 men now now 318 men is nothing compared to four kings and all of their kingdoms 318 men abraham gathers these men together goes out and fights for his nephew He goes out and he says, no, 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 you will not take my nephew into bondage. You will not take my nephew into slavery. It makes me wonder how many family members do we have? Oh, come on. Who God would want to use us to say, no, 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 no. (laughs) You're not Satan. You will not take my nephew. You will not take my niece. You will not take my daughter. You will not take my son into bondage. I will go and fight for them. See, what Abraham didn't do, Abraham didn't just walk around and say, man, Lot, if Lot would have just done what I told him to do, he would not have been in bondage right now. If Lot would have just listened to me, then I promise he wouldn't have been in this situation. If Lot, listen, man, I gave you one time, two times, three times, you kept messing up, and now this is what you get. Abraham didn't do that. That wasn't his response. His response was, nephew, I got you. (laughs) He says, no, I'm going to go and fight for my family. And I just want to pause there just for a moment. This is not the title. This is not what I want to really preach on today. But I just wonder if maybe there was someone in your life, maybe more specifically a family member in your life that God wants to use you to go and rescue to go and make sure that their life is not taken in bondage and not taken in slavery to the enemy. Because as Christians, we understand our battle is not against flesh and blood, right? Like we're not fighting against people. I know in this world, sometimes it may feel like the, pe- the person is the problem, but the Bible teaches us the person is never the problem. It says there's spiritual warfare going on. We don't fight against flesh And blood, and I would just encourage you, maybe if there's a family member that just rose up in your heart right now, maybe God's trying to say, hey, go fight for them. Go after them. Don't let their life be taken in slavery and bondage to the enemy. Abraham, (laughs) his nephew Lot, his life is being taken into bondage and into slavery. And Abraham with 318 men, this blows my mind, 318 men, he goes out and he fights these four kings and four kingdoms and completely destroys them. And, and, and it's just incredible to think 318 men versus four kings and four kingdoms, he wins. He gets his nephew back. He gets back all of his family. He gets back all of the goods. Oh, come on. Now, Not just his own nephew back. He gets back everything that was stolen. And now you can imagine. Like if I was Abraham in this moment, I am extremely excited. I am jumping up and down. We did it, guys. This is a great day. And then we get to Genesis chapter 14. And verse number 17 is where I want to start. It says... After Abram, because this was even before God came to him and changed his name to Abraham. Like this is before we even see Moses walk down with the Ten Commandments. Like this is before the law was even established. This is way before Abraham became Abraham. He's still Abram at this point. It says, after Abram returned from defeating one of those kings. <laughs> and the kings allied with, oh, come on. You don't know how to say it either. Come on. Yeah. Give, give me a break, okay? I'm the youth pastor, guys. Give me, give me, anyways. Uh, <laughs> after Abram returned from defeating y'all know who, and the kings allied with him, the king of Sodom came out to meet him in the valley of sheveh and that's the king's valley. Then Melchizedek, this is the first time we see him mentioned in Scripture ever. The first time. It says, then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God Most High, and he blessed Abram, saying, blessed be Abram by God Most High creator of heaven and earth. And praise be to God most high, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Now now, now hear this last part. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. It says, then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. We're talking about the tithe. We're talking about the tenth. I think we need to pause and consider. We need to look at this guy Melchizedek first. Let's pause and consider Melchizedek. What does the Bible just instruct us? What does it just tell us about who Melchizedek is? Well, first it says he is a king. Now, this means that he must have a kingdom somewhere. Right, that he is the ruler of a group of people. He is the one who gives the orders. He is the one who gives the instructions. But not only that, he is also the one who provides the protection. He is also the one that provides the provision. Why? He's the king. And the king has a role that everyone doesn't have. The king has a role of authority in the life of every person who is in his kingdom. If you're not in his kingdom, he does not have authority over you. But if you are in his kingdom, then your life, it now must be based on what his standard of living would be. He's a king. That's what kings do. Kings have a kingdom. They rule over the kingdom. They make sure everyone in the kingdom is not only protected, but provided for as well or else we would say he's a bad king. <laughs> but but Melchizedek he is a king. Consider that. I just just consider that. He's a king. But secondly, it says he's a priest. Now there's a big difference between the role of a king and the role of a priest. A king has a kingdom. He is the ruler, the authority of that kingdom. He decides and determines the direction of the lives of everyone in his kingdom. He is the king. But it says Melchizedek is not just a king, but he's also a priest. Now, a priest had a completely different role in this time. See, a priest was a person that God ordained, put on the earth to be able to stand in front of him for humanity. Oh, remember, in in the Old Testament, people can't just walk up to God like we can. Like like people can't just say, Hey God, I need your help. Come and now your presence right now in the name of Jesus. Like, no, 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 there was no name of Jesus yet. Right? That there wasn't. Nobody could just come to God. Why? Because God was good. Now, why that's important is because if God is good, if he came in contact with a human who was not good, who was not pure who was not clean if God in all of his goodness all of his holiness all of his glory ever came in contact with a human who had any speck of impurity in them his goodness and his glory would completely destroy them not because he wanted to because he is good And A priest, God said, listen, I am so good, I need to create some separation. You know, Adam and the fall and sin stepping into the world. God said, I need to create some separation right now because if I get too close to you, I am too good and you are not and we will have an issue. That God was so good, he created a little bit of separation between you and him so that his goodness would not overpower you. But God said, I don't want to be separated from you. So while there may be a little separation, what I'm going to do is I'm going to establish these people called priests. And God said, what I'll do is I will make this priest someone who can stand before me. And not just to stand before me, just to do it, to stand before me on your behalf to stand before me to offer sacrifices, to stand before me as someone who is holy, to stand before me face to face and tell me what's going on with you and to see all of the mistakes that you have made and to bring a sacrifice that he would kill on an altar for your sins so that when God saw you, you were clean so that your sins were washed by the blood of an animal. What are we talking about? Priest. What is a priest? Pause. Consider that. The role of a priest, it's to stand before God on your behalf and to offer a sacrifice for your mistakes, to offer a sacrifice for your sins. So that God and you could be connected again. Priest, Melchizedek, king, he has a kingdom, he is a ruler, he is one who anyone in his kingdom, you are now abiding by his rules. He is a king. Melchizedek, he is a priest. He stands before God for his people to make sure that when God saw them, God saw holiness, God saw cleanliness, God saw goodness because he was going to offer a sacrifice for every mistake that had ever been made. Melchizedek, king and priest, pause and consider this. Now let's go back to see what Abraham, Abram, did in this moment. Abram, remember, he just came back from winning the battle over these four kings and these four kingdoms, right? He's walking up, and there there comes to this place. He comes to this valley, and as he's in this valley, this king, this priest, Melchizedek, comes out, and Abram, when he sees him, apparently something goes off in his heart and says, you know what? I need to give him something, and it wasn't just, I'll give him a clap, I'll give him a high five, I'll give him a hug. He says, no, I need to give him some substance. I need to give him something. And he gives him a tenth, a tithe of everything he has just won. My question is, why? Like, why, when Abram sees Melchizedek, this king and this priest, why does he give him a tenth of everything he has just won? It doesn't make sense. Pause and consider. Why would Abram, why would he give this man? This isn't God. This is a man. Why would he give this man a tenth? And the interesting thing to me is that if you read this story about Abram, whenever he has this battle with these four kingdoms, what you never see in the scripture, because I think it's very interesting just as a human, as a Christian, as someone who wants to understand the Bible a little bit better, it's not just about what's in the text. It's also about what's not in the text. Like sometimes when you read the Bible, maybe sometimes we're so focused on what's in the text that we miss the subtleties of what's not in the text. That that Abram... If you were to just be an observer, if you were just to read this story, maybe you go home and read it. You will see when Abram hears that his nephew Lot has been taken, the first thing he doesn't do is say, Oh God, would you please help me get my nephew back? The first thing that you will not see him say is, and and Abram, he came to the Lord and he asked the Lord for advice on what to do. The first thing you will not see that happens is it doesn't say Abram went and he prayed and he fasted and he sought the Lord's face. You don't see that in the text. What we see in the text is Abram, he hears his nephew is taken, he gathers his men and he goes. We, we see nothing about him seeking the Lord's help in this moment. And he goes and he fights and he wins this war. And if you were to just be an observer and just look at the text, you would think, man, this dude, Abram, this is a bad dude. (laughs) Like this man got together 318 men and went and fought four kings and four kingdoms and conquered them all. Like this man, Abram, this dude got to be like a war general. Like this man must know what he is doing. He has got to be a strategist. Like he must really understand the art of war because clearly... He knows how to fight. <laughs> you would think, man, Abram—he must have trained he, like these 318 dudes. Like they must have been some bad dudes. Like they must have been real. Like ever seen the movie 300? Like this was them, right? Like they was—they were coming in. <laughs> it is amazing to me. If you just look at the text, you would—you would think Abram is just amazing. Like, you would say, man, Abram is talented. Abram is great. Abram is just a bad dude. Like, he knows what he's doing. And I think sometimes, if I'm honest, don't we do that? Don't, don't we do that, too? Like, man, I just got this raise at work. You know why? Because I'm a bad dude, really. <laughs> don't Don't we do that, too? Like, man, I'm making all these A's in class because I'm just brilliant. I'm so smart. Like, I just, just things just come easy to me. Now, don't we do this sometimes, right? Like, man, my kids, they are just so good, so so blessed. You want to know why? Ooh, because I'm a good mama. I'm a good, that's why I'm a good mama, right? Like, <laughs> don't we do this in our lives? We, we look at the good and say, hmm, I'm good. It, that's me. <laughs> I think if you were to look at this text, you would think the same thing about Abram. Because it says nothing about him seeking the Lord. It says nothing about, oh, and Abram got on his knees and he prayed and he fasted and the Lord showed up and gave him strength to do it all. You don't see that. But apparently, when he met this king, this priest, this king, this priest, this king, this priest Melchizedek, apparently... Something must have changed in his mind and said, you know what? It's not me that's actually that great. Like, there's no way I could have fought three, like all four kingdoms, four kings. There's no way I could do that on my own. 300 men, 318 men. That's no way I could do that. God had to have been present. Like the fact that I could even walk today means God must have been present. Like the fact that I could go and fight means God must have been present. The fact that I had 318 men must have mean God was present. The fact that I have life in my lungs and I have blood flowing through my veins, it must mean there must be a God because there is no way I could do this without him. There is no way I could do this without him and Abram. It seems like he got it. Like he met this king, he met this priest and apparently He realized, oh, him, yep, I know that if God wasn't present in my life, there would have been no lot to return. Like these kings, these kings, they would have just killed him. If there wasn't a God in my life helping me, then there's no way I could have done any of this. It's like he remembered how blessed he was. And out of understanding how blessed he was, he said, you know what I need to do? (laughs) I need to take some of this substance I got. I need to take a tenth of this substance I got. I need to give it to this king. Give it to this priest. Pause. Consider that. What if? This is just my thought for the day. I preach all that just to get to this point. My, My thought, my thought for the day. What if tithing, what if it all just came back to this question? Do you see how blessed you are? Just a thought. Something to pause and consider. Just something to pause and consider. Do, do you see how blessed you are? Like, Are you here right now? Do you have breath in your lungs? Is blood flowing through your veins? Can you hear the words that I'm saying? Can you see me right now? Do I need to keep going? I will. Did you have a car that you drove here in? Do you have kids that love you? Do you have a job that you're going back to? Like, I just wonder, do you see how blessed you are? Like, do you really see how blessed you are? Like, don't get me wrong. I know that there's problems in your life. I know just like Abram, he had to go fight for lot. Like, I know there's things that you're going to go through, but do you see how blessed you are? Like, do you see that you can actually go through them? Do you see where God has brought you to? Do you see what God has brought you through? Like, do you see how blessed you are? I just wonder, like, what if tithing, if if we just change our perspective on it and said, it's not about money, it's about I'm blessed. Like it's not about my money; it's about my God, and it's about how blessed I am. And I wonder if we pause and consider, look at it from this perspective. Like, let's just let's just flip this a little bit. We are talking about this guy Melchizedek, this king and this priest. But I, I just it just makes me wonder. Like, there's another guy that I know in the Bible. The story. I think the whole Bible is actually about him. This guy. Uh, his name is Jesus, right? This guy named Jesus. Oh yeah, the, the king Jesus, right? The the priest Jesus. Like not not just a king, but like the high king, the king that says, "If you're in my kingdom." I got you the king that says if you're in my kingdom I'll take care of you the king that says hey if you want to be a part of this it's free like I can we pause and consider that like this king Jesus who says hey if you're part of my kingdom I got you I, I will be your provider I will be your protector I will be your king but, but not just a king a, a priest Oh, come on, somebody. The high priest, our high priest. What does this mean? This means Jesus right now, if you have given your life to him, he is standing before the father on your behalf (laughs) saying, no, 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 God, like I know they messed up. I know they made mistakes. I know they lied. I know they cheated. I know they stole, but take, I got it. It's on me. Like Jesus standing before the Father on your behalf, not blood of an animal, his blood running on the altar saying, No, 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 I got them, they're mine, I will be their high priest. Jesus is the bridge. He connects you back to God, but you've got to understand, He is a king and a priest. If he's a king, then that means you now, if you have given your life to him, if you are a part of the kingdom of God, your life must be subject to his commands. You don't get to determine what the commands of the king are. You definitely get to discover them, though. If you've given your life to him, he's your king. Which means we must follow his commands if we want to continue to be a part of his kingdom. But it also means being a part of his kingdom means he's got you. He will provide. He will protect. Why? He is a good king. Pause. Consider. But he's not just a king. What else is he? He's he's a priest. He's the great high priest. Meaning he didn't come to God with an animal and say, God, I know we're going to kill this animal for this one sin, and I'm going to bring this next animal for that sin, and I'm going to bring this next animal for that sin. Having to continually kill animals for you. He said, no, 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 no. God, you've given me a role that's high above every other role, a name that is high above every other name. And God, this is Jesus. Now, Jesus looking at the Father, saying, I'm going to take everything for them. Everything for them. And right now, if you've given your life to Jesus, he is standing before the Father on your behalf, saying any time you make a mistake, he's saying, nope, don't let that separate them. Mm, don't, got, mm, nope, Father, nope, no need, for, no need to be separated from them. I'm right here. I'll take it. It's, it's incredible. Pause. And consider that, which makes me wonder and just think as well, like if I know oftentimes we 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 talk about how God is the provider and God is a protector. and, And he is. But. But I think about it this way sometimes, like he's already provided everything and he's already protected me from the worst thing I could ever experience. Right? He has provided himself for me, which is everything. But he has also protected me from a death, from a punishment, from a hell that I deserve. He's already done it. So instead of thinking about it like, man, that church just want my money. Mm-mm-mm-mm. That church, that they just... They, They look like they're rich. Why they need my money? What if it wasn't about your money? Matter of fact, let me say it this way. It's not about your money. It's about understanding. Look how blessed you are. Look, look, Look at the fact you're in your right mind. Look at the fact that you got here today. Like, Look at how blessed you are. Look that there's people who love you. Look that you got a cell phone. Like, Look at how blessed you are. Do you see it? Do you see how blessed you are? Because if you see how blessed you are, I think we must respond in the way that our father in the faith, Abraham, responded and said, you know what I'm going to do? I understand how blessed I am, so I'm going to take a tenth of everything I got and I'm giving it to the Lord. Why? Because I see that I'm blessed. I see that he's good. I see that he loves me. I see that He's with me. I see it now. I see it now. Pause and consider. Pause and consider. Pause and consider. He's already done everything for you. The least you could do is see it. And if you saw it, it would move you to action. It would move you to say, God, I know I didn't get this job on my own. God, I know I didn't get here all by myself. God, I know that I needed some help. God, I know that you have stepped in. God, I know that you love me. God, I know you are with me. I know that my situation may not look the greatest right now, but I know you are still good. I know that I've had some issues that I've gone through, but I know you are still God. I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I know what my future looks like because you are my God and I have a high priest. I have a king who is there for me in every moment. Pause <laughs> and consider, what if that's what tithing was all about? Do you see how blessed you are? Like, did you see it? Because if you see it, I think you would see what Abraham saw. You would say, I got, I got to give something to him. I, I got to give something to my God. And if we can be instructed the way Abram, the way that he did it, I think we would find it really easy to give a tenth of everything we got back to God. I think we find it really easy. Why? Because we saw we were blessed. And I want to encourage you in that today. Do you see how blessed you are? Just take a moment this week to just pause and consider, to just pause and consider how blessed you really are. Just take a minute to pause and consider the protection and the provision that your king and your priest has given you. And, and, and maybe you're in here today and you're not even a believer in Jesus. Maybe you're not a follower of Christ. You can still talk too. <laughs> but I think it might be more important first <laughs> to start by understanding who this king and this priest is. I think it'd be a great place to start by looking at this guy named Jesus, this son of man, this son of God who stepped into the world for you to be the bridge to get you back to God because without him, you can't. And for all of us in here who say, yep, I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm a Christian, I've given my life to him, I just, I implore you to pause and consider. How did Abram respond when he realized how blessed he was by taking a tenth of everything he had and giving it back to God? Thought for the week. Do you see how blessed you are? Would you bow your heads and just pray with me? God, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. God, I thank you that the, the grass may wither and the flower fades, but your word, it will stand forever. It will remain And so, God, as we have even seen in the scriptures today, that how we can respond to your goodness, how we can respond to knowing how blessed we are is by taking a tenth of everything we've got and to give it back to you. Father, for all of us in here today who are followers of Jesus, who have given our lives to you, I just pray by your Holy Spirit, you would help us to pause and consider, to pause and consider to pause. And consider how blessed we are, but to pause and consider how Abram responded when he realized how blessed he was. Would you encourage us this week to know that you are our king, you are our priest, you are our protector, you are our provider, but you're also the one standing before the Father Jesus on our behalf forever and maybe you're in here today and, and you have never given your life to Jesus. But after understanding that he is a king, understanding he is a priest, understanding that every mistake you have ever made, he stands before the father for you to take the punishment for you after understanding the reality of who Jesus is today, you say, you want to be a part of that kingdom? You want to give your life to that king? Then on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Say, yep, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to be a part of that kingdom. Beautiful, beautiful. Hands going up. Beautiful, beautiful. And put those hands back down. Now, what I want to do, I want to pray. And this prayer, I, I just, I would ask everyone that, Raised your hand, or maybe even you felt like you should have raised your hand, but you didn't. I just want everybody in here to join together with me, and we're gonna pray this prayer. And what I want to encourage you is that as you are praying this prayer, I don't want you to just repeat these words, I want you to pray them. Because you're not saying these words to me, you're saying these words to God. And so as you pray, be mindful of that, that you're speaking to God. And that the Bible teaches if you would confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, then you would be saved. And so today, would everybody in here, would you just repeat this prayer with me? Just pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Jesus, I understand that I'm not perfect, but I'm so thankful that I don't have to be. I believe that you died for me. And I believe that you rose again from the grave. Jesus, you are my Lord and you are my Savior. You are my King and you are my priest. And I choose to follow you for all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we just put our hands together for everyone that made a decision this morning? Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful.